Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum life struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premier Boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premier and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premier twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations. Ask those questions that may be playing on your mind. And above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Happy Monday, Roarers. Welcome to a very special episode. Woohoo! So excited. It's finally here. You guys have been waiting for this one for so long. We engaged you guys from the very start in this one. We've really hyped it up and I can 100% say it'll meet your expectations. We kept her a secret for quite a while, but we're so excited Mm -hmm. to welcome Kristen, also known as the therapist parent on Instagram, to the podcast. Yay. Kristen is a highly skilled and knowledgeable child psychologist with over 20 years of experience working with children and families. She's also an author, illustrator, blogger, and mum. You know, just one of those women wearing all the hats and bloody nailing it. She sure is one handy. So with a guest this valuable, (laughs) we of course put it out to you guys to let us know what you wanted to hear about. And we covered so much, including medical trauma, can we be too lenient, sensory differences, regulating emotions in both ourselves and our children, why she doesn't support rewards and punishment, toileting, e.g. poo, autism, supporting siblings, and she also answered a number of your specific listener questions. So Kristen focuses on gentle parenting, but she also recognises that it's bloody tough and it's completely normal and okay to not have it together and to lose it at times. There's absolutely no judgment and we just loved that. Every single minute of the episode is full of incredible tools, strategies and advice for real life and relatable parenting situations specific to our community and we just wish every parent on the planet could hear it. We feel so honoured and privileged to bring this episode to you, so let's get into it. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Peach and Pip. Peach and Pip is a family-owned and operated online toy store based in Perth. Alicia founded Peach and Pip with one goal in mind, providing high-quality, non-toxic and sustainable toys for every little Pip. Since her very own little Pip, their passion for beautiful toys has driven them to begin their adventure and expand into their very own in-person store in Wembley. All I can say is this store is beautiful and Alicia has done an amazing job of creating such a gorgeous retail space. If you are based in Perth, it is a must visit. Peach and Pip's dream is to bring smiles to those faces who especially need it most with $3 of every sale donated to Perth Children's Hospital. This is just amazing. With NDIS invoicing also available and worldwide shipping, check them out over on Instagram at peachandpip underscore. Welcome, Kristen. We are so excited to have you oh, here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we sure are. We know you'll help so many of our listeners and us with your experience mm-hmm. and knowledge. We love following you on Instagram at the underscore therapist underscore parent. And I've personally been implementing some of your amazing tips and strategies with my boys. I just love seeing your posts pop up because they're a good reminder that their behaviours aren't them trying to be difficult and to breathe and think of different ways in the moment to support them through their emotions. We obviously have a very niche audience here and I'm looking forward to hearing your insight into some of our topics and our listener questions. Thank you. I hope I can be helpful. Oh, yes. I think you will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got some goodies. <laughs> so first up, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family, including your professional qualification and experience? Okay. So uh, I am a psychologist um, and I've almost, ooh, so I've been a psychologist for 20 something years now. Um, I've always worked with children or adolescents and families. Um, So, yeah, I've worked in different areas, but so I've worked in um, government organisations, I've worked at schools and I've worked in private practice. Um, I'm also, I also do diagnostic assessments and help um, for autism. And, yeah, so that's been my professional qualifications. I have three kids of my own. Yeah, Yeah. that that keeps me busy. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm guessing the autism assessment part of your job, I know that's a very, yeah, yes, to know (laughs) more. That in itself is the wait list for that, I know, are huge. So I'm sure that keeps you busy. Actually, so I have been working for Department of Health, um, doing a social emotional learning program in primary schools and doing autism assessments on weekends and then doing the therapist parent stuff as well. Wow. So my book oh my and my, yeah. yeah, so I've just literally uh, yesterday resigned from my Department of Health because my waiting list for the assessments is so yeah. long and I want to do some yeah. more with the therapist parent. So Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I think it's Very exciting. exciting <laughs> yes, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. And you're so good at it. Like all our listeners will hear very soon. But um, yeah, and the juggle of family and being able to do what you want and have a bit more time for therapist parent on Instagram as well, because yeah, that's growing very quickly. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to start with medical trauma. Mm. So we have so many questions about medical trauma from our listeners. Um, obviously, 
lots of people have children who have been through a lot of medical procedures. Um, even NICU parents who have had, you know, babies at birth have had tra- trauma. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're going to start with. Okay. Um, every single week we get questions, don't migration? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a big part of our lives, both of our lives, plus yeah. our listeners' lives. Mm. Yeah, this has probably been a little bit more my thing. Um, so I'm going to start with a bit of background about my son Jack. Mm-hmm. So he's three. Yeah, he was diagnosed with medical trauma um, about a year ago. There's been a lot, so he's had multiple surgeries, painful procedures, countless ED visits and admissions, oxygen blood tests, tube feeding, weekly infusions. The list goes on. So we have a number of plans in place for when he does need to go to hospital. Mm-hmm. It's now in his notes and the staff are getting better at supporting him in the moment and he seems to actually do okay, well, as well as can be expected, um, when we're in the in the hospital and have admissions. But it's actually when we come home that we then, mm. you know, even sometimes a couple of weeks later that we see the impact of that. So it usually presents in poor sleep, defiant behaviour. Well, I'll explain that. So he won't, for instance, hold my hand across the road, um, like to the point of nearly charging out in front of cars um, mm. or he won't climb into his car seat, but he also won't let me put him in. Um, he also gets anxiety. He's only three, but he's mm. been biting and scratching at his nails and grinding his teeth yep. and then a big reliance on me to do everything for him. So almost like he goes backwards in his independence. Mm. Um, we have a social story. He's got a teddy bear that is just like him that has a feeding tube and he has a toy doctor kit and they've all been really helpful mm. Um, and we obviously have alternative therapies that help with this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, especially having such a holistic approach and what you would suggest, even if we could support him after the admissions a little bit more. Mm. Um, I mean, I have worked with kids with medical trauma, but I can't say that it's something I've specialised in or have a lot of experience. Although, mm. uh, you know, trauma trauma is trauma. Um, it, and I think people sometimes dismiss certain types of trauma because not everyone goes through it or um, or they don't think it's as bad as something else. But trauma is trauma. And, and if that is traumatic for mm. the child, then that that is trauma. I often think about it, you know, like um, mm. when women go through childbirth. Childbirth is traumatic. like, mm. And that's why whenever mm. women get together... They always go back to talking about their birth stories because they've been traumatised and that's what Mm. we do. We talk and talk and talk until it feels okay again. And, yes, some women will go through more trauma from from that experience than another and – but that's yeah. because we're all different and what's traumatic for one person may not be traumatic for another. So with children, just because – it's a medical procedure and it needs to happen or just because they're young doesn't mean that it's not traumatic and that it's mm. it's not something that's yeah. significant to them. Um, what happens though is because they're in this state of fight, flight, freeze, so after yeah. coming out of hospital, that doesn't change. Yeah. Their nervous system is still on high alert and that um, yeah. they're constantly in that reactive kind of, way of dealing with things so to help them is as much as you can do and I'm sure you already are but doing as many things to to help calm to feel safe to try and reset their nervous system from Mm. being in this 
high state of alertness all the time. And that's why there's, you know, impulsive, aggressive kind of behaviours or there's the nail biting. It's just that that fight, flight, freeze yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so I try so hard to remember in the moment like what he's been through. Um, I actually had a listener. It's actually one of our listener questions. We might actually go straight into it because it fits well here. But oh. she said, I would like to know your thoughts on whether or not you think we as medical parents can go too far on the other side and be too lenient, for lack of a better word. Mm. So some context, I recently left my daughter at home with her support worker and had an appointment with her OT, also known as sat with the OT bawling my eyes out because her behaviour is killing me. (laughs) And she thinks that we are implementing every single therapy in terms of connection, positive behaviour reinforcement, etc. And we have lost the good old mum means what she is saying as we are compensating for everything she's been through. So is it's almost like sometimes we go mm. too far the yeah. other way. But that's is that essentially a bad thing? Or it, like I just feel like can we cause bad habits by doing that? Um, like giving into everything? Because I feel like I do with Jack sometimes. I don't know that it, I would say it is bad habits, but kids actually do need structure and they do need boundaries to feel safe. So when we're sort of just giving in to everything, we're actually not giving them something that they need. They need to know where the line is. They need to know what's okay and what's not okay. You can do it in a loving, supportive way, but they need Mm. to know that that's not okay. Even though we might be feeling like this, I understand that it can be really hard. But we can't do that. And it is important. Yes, we can go too far. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If, we, if we're giving into everything, we're not actually helping them. We're actually putting them in this situation where they don't know where the rules are, which is, causes more anxiety in some mm. cases as well. So we've got more, to be really yeah. careful yeah, that there, there's a line. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make anyone yeah. feel guilty, but, but that's what kids, no. they do need yeah. that. They do need boundaries. They do need to know what's okay and what's not and and just supporting them in that and and even the regression so like you're saying that's that's quite normal that's okay Mm. so that is okay because they might just need that extra support for a little while and then you encourage them to okay no you need to um you know feed yourself now or I'll help you you do one I'll do one or um yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was told. The, you do one, I do one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Slowly yeah, so we're just building back them back. Yeah, then, yeah. But yeah. they sometimes need need that little bit more nurturing again, and that's okay. Mm. But when you're talking yeah. about like uh, big behaviours that are causing problems, well, yeah, we understand where that's coming from, but there still needs to be a boundary in what we do with that. Mm. You know, we can't just yeah. let them have everything that they want just because they've had bad stuff happen. Yeah. I think I got to a point with his behaviours that I was just, I would just said like, you know, I had half an hour to get out of the house and he he needed to have his breakfast. So I just was like, it's going to be easier for me to just do it. Mm. Like things like that. And when he was kicking and screaming about not wanting to wear shoes, I just said, well, don't wear shoes because it's easier than me having to fight. Like I felt like everything was a constant fight. I felt like I was just giving him to everything in the end. And so now I've tried to step back and sort of, yeah, set those boundaries and be more aware of what I'm, what I'm doing, and what I'm saying. It's so, it's so hard. Look, it, part of that is him trying to have some control back as well. And, you know, yeah. when you have to go through medical procedures, you lose all control. It's mm. like you just have to give in to somebody else doing something to you all the yes. time. So yeah. as much as you can, Give him some control control. back. Okay, you don't want to wear shoes, do but 
you can have this one or these yeah. ones. Do you want to just wear them? Or how about you don't wear shoes in the car, but you have to wear them when we get yeah. out. Mm. So just giving him a something. Choice. A positive choice. So that it's yeah. not like some, yeah. yeah, lots of choices. I really like what you said about trauma being trauma because I'm, a lot of our listeners have trouble getting support for medical trauma because, you, like you said, it needs to be done mm. and it's sort of brushed off a little bit. I think there's not much support in this area either in terms of child psychologists no, that actually specialise in yeah. in this and a lot of our listeners say that they feel like they just get told all the time that you're doing all the right things already, like you're comforting your child and you're creating a safe space. But that's what we do as parents every day. Like we just sometimes I think we feel like we're just not doing enough. But um, yeah, yeah, there's there's very li- little little support in this area. Yeah. Do you know what they probably are doing? Everything. The thing is that when there's yeah. trauma, it takes time. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and doing all yeah. of those yeah. things that they they should be doing by comforting and offer giving the support and helping them through, it takes time to reset their nervous system and to, you know, grow new pathways in the brain to know that you're safe. That doesn't just mm. happen. It takes repetition and it takes time. Yeah. So they probably are doing everything right. It's just not going to happen quickly. It's just that time. Like with everything, you have to wait to see the results. We're not good at, we're not patient. No, you're not patient. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to what's next, sensory stuff? Sensory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, Grecian, this is probably a little bit more your area. We've also had quite a few people ask us to talk about sensory differences, both seeking and avoiding um, and how to work through them. Gretchen, why don't you share your experiences with Riley? Yes. So quick background on Riley, X25 weaker Premie. Um, she's currently just been put back on her NG feeding tube, so multiple admissions over winter, um, mm. waiting for a, a diagnosis for autism, things like that. So she is very sensory seeking, also has avoiding tendencies as well, but mainly orally sensory seeking. Um, she craves those sensory experiences such as like licking everything. So yesterday we caught her licking the car, just, just needed to know her place in the, the world, I guess, but she will lick the floor, lick, lick the basketball courts at school, stop in the middle of the road, lick the road. Um, she, great in a world of COVID, isn't it? Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an amazing winter. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Um, there's always something going on with her mouth. She always has her hands in her mouth. Um, she's always fidgeting. Even if she's not fidgeting physically with her hands or something, she's always moving her tongue around. Um, other objects in the mouth, she bites mm-hmm. her sisters when she gets frustrated. Um, she has bitten us. Um, mm. she likes the bright lights, so she seeks that bright lights baby toys. So I never thought my four and a mm. half year old would like baby toys again. Um, but the bright light she has it right up to her face. Noisier, the brighter, the better. Mm. Um it's like her comfort. So even sunlight mm. she seeks out, she'll find the brightest spot and want to lay in the sun. Um, I call her my little cat because she's just in the warm sunlight. Um, but she dumps <laughs> toys aimlessly, like loves the pressure and physio. She, yeah, then she's got the sensory avoidance signs too. So she's a very picky eater, hence why she's on the NG tube now because she was 
um, very malnourished. Mm. Um, we got to the point where we were fighting her to eat, get her to eat something and get her to drink. Mm. So we were syringing. Like, is that that's that seems strange to me when she wants to put so much things in her mouth and in see her mouth, all this sensory but, stuff, but then on the other side, she doesn't want to eat the food. Mm. Yeah, it's just it, quite, it can happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And is this like I know there's a sort of a, a score that you do to um, it's an assessment, I guess, a test to do to diagnose sort of sensory disorders. It, do you typically see someone like Riley that's very sensory seeking or sensory avoiding, or you can have a mix of both? It can be any any sort of mm. scale of any range. Of that. Yeah, it can be any combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they just have to yeah. um, score in each area. Is that right? I don't really know what the how the assessment works. Yeah, typically an occupational therapist will do like the sensory profile yeah. um, to look at yeah, OT, so if no. there's any sensory processing difficulties. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good to they're very helpful because it shows us which ones they're seeking, which ones they're avoiding. But it doesn't really ma- ma- there's not usually a pattern that could just be all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's really just for us to be able to work out, okay, this one's seeking, this one's avoiding. So what do you do to support kids through that? What do you recommend? Yeah, do you just let them ask. let them do what they need to do? I want to know how to, yeah, yeah, how to support her in a safe way without the judgment from okay. others. Yeah, yeah. well, that's going to be a little bit tricky yep. because we can't control other people. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know what? You're going to have to let some of that go because yep. if she's – um, seeking, especially that oral sort of sensation, mm-hmm. um, then we need to do it in a safer way. Yes. Um, so has she got chew toys and things that she, or chew necklaces and yep. Yep, all of those sensory She's things. got all of those. So she used them for a little bit and then mm. rips them off and throws them away. So then everything gets mm. thrown away. Mm. And we've yeah, given okay. her like the safe silicon chew toys. We try and encourage her to chew on those things that are safe mm. Um, for her, obviously, that she's not going to choke on, that she's not mm. going to eat something or ingest something. Well, she won't anyway, but not going to have something bad happen. Um, yeah. So how old is she again? Four and a half. Yeah, okay. All right. So you can't just take out what she's seeking. So you, you've done the right thing, like trying to replace them, but you're going to have to keep working with her on what's okay mm-hmm. and what's not okay. Now, if she really likes licking things, then you're going to have to give her some things that she can lick. So mm-hmm. licking in the car is probably not as bad as licking the bus yeah. ball. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or handrails. Yep. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Those have been licked many times. <laughs> So you're going to have to work with her on what she can lick and what she can't. Mm-hmm. So she can lick. So you're not taking that away from her. You're just putting some boundaries in which ones are safe and which ones mm-hmm. are not safe. And she needs to recognize that. She's four. She's starting to understand now if you're not going to get it every time. Mm-hmm. But you can work with her to try and go, okay, so which ones do you think we can do? Mm-hmm. Would it be okay if you did this one? This one's not safe. Mm-hmm. So this one has germs and can make us really sick so this one is not okay but we can find another Mm -hmm. one what else can we do you just have to replace them because it is a need like it's something she Mm. actually does need and that's what we want to support her in that yeah Mm. because obviously that's you can't take it away you just gotta 
Mm, that's right. She yep. really needed it. And she's a very, sounds like, except for the eating, she's very much a sensory seeker. Mm-hmm. And so she needs yeah. all of that input. Yep, definitely. So that's why I've been trying to support her through all of that. So whenever I see a toy that she would like at the op shops, I'm like, okay, I know she's going to love that. It's bright, it's noisy, and it gives her a safe feeling so sometimes oh. she'll go she would actually started to take herself off to her calm corner in her room where we've got the sensory cushions can make it dark and she can have that bright lights in there and she sometimes stays in there as long as she needs and she'll come out and she'll be so much better so just trying to support oh, her you're doing amazing mm. Mm. Trying, trying to. It's obviously hard to not get frustrated as well when we're out and she is licking the road or licking the trolley and it's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, yeah, so I know I need to kind of regulate myself um, and yes. stop myself going to that fight or flight, like freeze kind of. Ugh. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. I'm, I'm not good with stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially three COVID. I was like, oh, oh yeah. But... <laughs> But you might have to pre- prepare her a little bit before you go in. Okay, so we're going in. Now, if you feel like you want to lick something, what can we lick and, like, mm-hmm. list the things? Remember which ones are not sort of safe. These ones are safe, so we're going to have them really close and, mm-hmm. you know, just prepping her a little bit beforehand so that she's and got it there. I've seen yep. one of my friends had a little what she called a sensory backpack and she just had all these tools in the backpack that he would carry around so that she had it on hand whenever yeah so that yeah you can replace it with something that you've got on you that is safe rather than yeah them going and licking the yeah we're we're trying to do that we always bring something that we know sometimes works not everything works every time and that's what we're still learning we're still finding our toolbox so we're trying finding the tools in our toolbox as our ot puts it so some things work sometimes some things don't work the other times and then they get frustrated when those things don't work but yeah we're still all learning Mm. Yeah, but she's growing as well. So those things are going to keep changing. So, so just, mm-hmm. I mean, don't yeah, want to. Yeah, good point. Don't want to <laughs> disheart you. you yeah. But um, when yeah. you've got your toolbox, <laughs> that's going to keep changing too. Yeah. So yeah. just just keep rolling with it. Like you just got to, okay, this didn't work today. That's all right. Yeah. We'll find something else. You've just got to be so mm-hmm. um, flexible yeah. in all aspects, don't you? Just always be you know you feel like you finally get something right and figure something that's, out and yeah. just, you know, throw the next thing at you it's never ending never end yeah but that's that's parenting isn't it you're it like is. as soon as you yeah. get a routine happening they grow and they change and that's yeah. gone so yeah. just roll with the punches really yeah you've got some really good tips on your instagram page we love um your posts about yeah like Grecian said regulating it ourselves as yeah, parents before we really react hard to in do that sometimes yeah react in that you know oh, like ah, really hard like, kind of moment mm. especially because I've got four kids in total so yeah if Riley's doing yeah. something then the baby wants me as well so she's screaming then the seven-year-old is going mum can we do this or something I'm like I can't regulate myself right now <laughs> let alone try yeah, and help every alone. single mm. one of you so yeah yeah, I'd love yeah. love your input on that in moments of like hecticness. Okay. And yeah. First thing is, you know, we're all human and it's okay when we don't mm-hmm. keep it together all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, Couldn't I try and give, give parents lots of strategies and help them to understand that, it, you know, a lot of it is, is controlling ourselves and all of that. But I hope that people, parents are realizing that I'm not judging in any way because we all lose it. We no, all, no. Yeah. you know, yeah. we can only take Have so much, moments. especially when you've got 
four kids that are all wanting you, you, you just got to do the best that you can mm-hmm. yeah. in that moment. Yes, it's good if you can yeah. stop. Yes, mm-hmm. it's good if you can try and calm yourself or even if it's safe, depending on the age of your kids, go, I can't do this right now. I need to calm myself. I'm going to come back yeah. when I can think a bit clearer. Doing that is fantastic mm-hmm. modelling for our kids. That doesn't feel like it at the time, but we're actually teaching them some really good skills that when we're escalated, we need to go and calm down and then we come back and we fix it. So that, you know, we don't have to try and keep it together Mm. all the time. If your kids are little, it's harder to do that because it's not always safe to leave them for... But yeah, you know, but it doesn't. Ha- even if it's just ten seconds to go right. out and scream into a yeah, pillow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yep. So taking that time. Yeah, I think that's. Mm. I'm going to definitely try and you know, in the moment, you've got to you know take that split second to remember that. But um, I think it would really help with my six year old who has big school attitude at the moment to do that because he's safe. I can leave mm. him when he's having yeah. screaming screaming the house down but if I walk out and say no I I need to regulate myself then he rather than me screaming back at him he'll go oh okay I'm going to take that time too Mm. that gives him some time to calm and then when you come back calm (laughs) then you're able to your your nervous system is calmer you're able to co-regulate with him because that you will meet up like there's there's that mirroring yeah. of, of of emotions, and when you're calm, then you can help yeah. him calm. But if you're escalated, there's no, you know, it's just going to. Well, then keep he escalates if I'm yeah, escalated. Yeah, it keeps yeah. going, yeah. going, going, going. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't calm. <laughs> no one's calm. No, it so never does. Yeah, it's better. You're better off going. You know, I can't do this right now. I will come back when I'm mm-hmm. able to to help you better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that point. Yeah. All right, Gretchen and I have to talk about poo. Poo. <laughs> Big, right. big one in both of our lives. <laughs> uh, this is when we say talk about poo, you're probably like, How am I going to help them talk about poo? Uh, but <laughs> it's definitely a um, we have very similar, Riley and Jack are very similar with their poo, and it's very much in both instances, we think it might be a little bit of a more of a mental, emotional, mm. behavioral. We don't really know, yeah, I don't know, but um. We, yeah, it's, there's, it's the fear of poo. Yeah, They're, They've got a fear or an anxiety around pooing to the point that um, they hold it in until they're constipated and then we have to Use. treat them with the medications yeah. to soften it up. They do a big explosion because they have to, like uh-huh. it physically takes over. Uh-huh. And, then and then we go back to... in itself, yep. Yeah, and then it's painful and... And then we the just cycle go back to square again. one and we repeat the process. Yes. Um, it doesn't help that both of our kids are on the thickener and Riley um, mm. doesn't eat much and yeah. my Jack's on iron. So they've got all these other things that are contributing. But um, I don't really, for Jack, he's obviously only just fully wee, wee toilet trained. But um, he did one poo in the potty when we started and it didn't seem an issue. And then all of a sudden this fear, this cycle kicked in. And I don't know whether there was, yeah, whether there was a trauma with the initial whether the initial poo on the potty hurt, I just don't know. And I'm at the point now where he won't poo in a potty. He'll ask for a nappy hmm. and then he'll get the nap. I'll put the nappy on and he'll just jump around holding it in, even with a nappy on, and he'll just let out the tiniest little nuggets mm. and then say he, he can't handle it sensory-wise. He's like, I need it, I need it changed. It's dirty. Get the nappy off of me. And that's all and that's all that ever happens. And I sometimes I can change seven nappies oh, in a day, wow. but he's not actually doing, doing anything. Yeah. 
he's doing smears and he just can't he doesn't like the feeling so I have to change the nappy and it's yeah it's it's hard work so and a, a listener also had a very similar um with her her boy she said he's showing all the correct signs she doesn't she thinks that he's like developmentally ready he knows when he needs to poo um but it's just this fear her boy's also possibly got autism and sensory processing disorder and she said she's done all the things um we've done bribery positive reinforcement etc um it's probably more of an ot question but um his body is physically ready but mentally not do you have any tips around this it's so hard i actually one of my children did this so i do get it from the parents perspective as well um it's really frustrating. It's really hard. I had the same thing where she had a painful experience and then she wouldn't do it and then she'd get constipated yeah. and then the cycle continues. Um, look, it's, How did you get out of that? What happened? <laughs> well, did you? Did you come out? It felt like it yeah, went forever. I know, that's how yes, I feel. we did come out. <laughs> I was like, will this ever end? It felt really frustrating. Yeah. It does end. Okay, I can tell you that. It mm. does eventually end. They won't yeah. be doing it when they're teenagers. Yeah. But <laughs> but look, the nappy thing is fine. The yeah. nappy thing that sometimes people get a bit worried about, oh, we don't want to go back to that. No, if that's where they feel comfortable. Mm. And I know you're saying that you, your son isn't isn't actually doing a full poo in the nappy, so it's... Yeah. But yeah. it's still getting him used to doing yeah. it and that's okay. Um You've got to, is it the pain? Is it the sensory? Are they fearful of the toilet themselves? Like some kids are really scared of sitting on this big hole because, you know, they can literally fall in. They're only little. Um, And and it's a weird experience after using a nappy for so long. So if you have to take it back and slow it down and just give Mm. them a nappy for that eventually, um, you know, I'm not... I'm not one that's big on rewards, definitely not punishments. Um, sometimes the little kids need a little bit more incentive. So some sort of rewards or just being, you know, making it fun um, mm-hmm. when they do it is is sort of a reward. I wouldn't do that for long. It's just to get them through the, the, the hump stage. of trying and yeah. then you can get them in the cycle. Um yeah, um, I have had clients before where there was fear of the toilet itself. So they did it in a nappy, then they sat on the toilet with a nappy on mm. and they did it in the nappy while they were on the toilet and then eventually cut a hole in the nappy and then they did it that way. Yeah. Like you can, sometimes you've got to really that. take it right back. Yeah. Um, you've just got to find what it is. But, you know, it's hard when it's pain. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes it does. You can't it. fix that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, mm. I mean, we're trying Other to keep it as soft as possible. Diet, but really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I also found it helpful now, depending on the age of the child, just to, I even like drew out the body and how the body works and where the food goes. And that has to come out. It can't stay in there. And we sort of just, if they see like a picture of the body oh, or, yeah. and, and where the poo comes out and how the food turns into poo. That. And then, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. um, I've made little people like even with like pipe cleaners and use pom-poms and showed how the food goes in mm-hmm. and then it has to come out and, you know, making poo, yeah. talking about poo fun, yeah. you know, playing games as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but it is a really tricky one. 
It is a really tricky one because it's something that continues to happen and it can be painful. Um, Mm. And until you can get through that, it doesn't hurt anymore, Mm. which takes a while. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And getting them to it's, understand look, that, I, all that I at can this say age is, is hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you get it. It is. <laughs> yeah, because it's my biggest battle. My biggest battle. Yeah, and that's my my mum is the most yeah. patient person in the whole world. Like she is just she looks after six grandkids in the school holidays and I just she's amazing. But um that's one thing that she's just like, the poo, Amy, what is going on with the poo? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I just yeah. try, constantly change. Yeah changed and changed and then like we tried jocks you know we've tried everything yeah so Riley's slightly different in that she's obviously a little bit older she has that constipation cycle but she doesn't understand Mm. when she's weed so she's not toilet trained at all we have tried Mm. we've been to Mm -hmm. like the continence nurse things like that um she doesn't know when she needs to wee she has no concept of that um Mm. she does take herself away to try and poo um, and she does those little smears, things like that. But mm-hmm. then she will happily sit in it. If I don't smell it or if I don't see that she's gone off there, she would sit in a wet, dirty nappy mm. all day. Like there is no mm. reg. She doesn't oh. click that that's wet and dirty. We've tried like verbally like asking her, is your nappy wet, using those words, um, all the tips we've been given. But sometimes we'll be like, I can smell it. And I'm like, Riley, have you done a poo? She's like, no. And it's so frustrating because it's like you have done a poo. So, yeah. Have they got any insight into that, her specialist? No. No, we're no. waiting for gastro referral. Look, that I just can feel be like it's a never-ending. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, I is do she ever going to know that she make that brain-to-body connection that she's uh, eventually. or that she needs yeah. to wee or? Mm. Eventually she will, but it, it sometimes yeah. takes takes longer. Um Yep. It's interesting that you say that she doesn't have it for weeing either because it's fairly common yeah, for for pooing, especially after constipation because they stretch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the nerve sensations, yep. you know, that's that goes. Um, so mm. it is a common thing. But if she's doing it for weeing as well, then it's something else. It's not just... Yep just that and uh, mm. you know if she does have autism um the yep. connection with their body can be something they really struggle with so often kids don't definitely that's her recognize hot and cold they i've yep, often no. quite often we'll see kids with ear infections and no one knew they had an ear infection until the yeah, eardrum explodes yeah yeah <laughs> yep. That's literally Riley. I feel like she's got the highest pain threshold. She cannot verbally tell us when she's in pain, where she's in pain. Like she's had recurrent ear infections and the only sign that we know is she's kind of just Mm. pulling at her ears a little bit Mm. um, or rubbing them and that's that's it. There's no communication, no nothing. So that, like you said, that brain-to-body connection. Yeah, yeah. So she just doesn't have that. So, I mean, all I can really say is just keep working with your OT on that one. It will. She will eventually get the cues, but she's missing the cues along the way to tell her that this is what's happening. It'll be the same with emotions. So um, not picking up when she's feeling something until she's exploding. Mm. You know, like so if she's starting to feel upset or angry, she won't pick up that her body is telling her that until it's, Mm -mm. you know, until she's biting and latching yes. onto her sisters. Yeah. Or, so yeah. that's going to yeah. take actually stopping and learning to look for those body cues. She's still little, but you can start to sort of pick them up for her yeah. along the way. 
just yep. just try and get her to remind her that it looks uh, looks like this so maybe you need to do this you know like getting her to mm-hmm. recognize what her body's doing all right speaking of yep. um, autism we had a listener question there that I thought might well just everything's just falling into place um mm-hmm. so yeah. this person asked I have an almost three-year-old with extreme emotions, routines that are becoming rigid, etc. At what stage do you insist on an autism assessment when doctors say to wait, recognising that a delayed diagnosis is delaying supportive therapies mm. and delaying fully understanding your child's challenges and even their identity? Mm, that's a tricky question um, because I don't know why the doctors are saying to, to wait. They there normally, might be they reason. Put it, they, they usually, I don't um, know, they put it down to, you know, in out age or development you know because a lot of us are preemie mums or medical mums they put it down to I, I swear sometimes it's put down to other things like it could just be other a developmental things. thing or it could be a yeah um, yeah 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 and I do kind of get that because it can be yeah um so with autism mm-hmm. um the difference in development when their kids are younger is sort of smaller but as they get older the gap widens and yeah. it becomes clearer and when kids are still quite young, they they may just be delayed in development in some things and eventually catch up. Yeah. So personally, I'm reluctant to, unless it's really clear that it's autism, yeah. I'm reluctant when they're quite young yeah. because it's a label that lasts for life. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad label, but it's it's a label that's there mm. forever. And if it's not right, then we don't need to go down that yep. that path. Um, but I mean, if the mum is feeling like yes, this is definitely looking like autism. It's you know these rigid routines mm. are getting um, more and more insistent that they the repetitive behaviours are taking over. That um, mm. you know there's clear signs then she can insist there's yeah. no there's no reason why she she can you know just a doctor might say yeah look I think you could leave it a bit and she can say no I really want the referral now well, yeah it's, even if you just you get know, the referral because it takes sometimes doesn't it take two do years that. to get the referral <laughs> yeah I was gonna yeah. say the wait time by the time you get through the wait time yeah. public mm-hmm. system was yeah, that's right. Well, uh, exactly. And then she can be on the exactly. list and if, by the time it comes to it, if things be, have settled, then you know. Yeah. And, you know, I actually don't think, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a, I mean, I know it's a process and it can be really expensive and, and all of that. But if you go through the assessment and they say, no, it's not autism, well, at least you've yep. got that answer. Yeah. 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 It's still giving an answer to a question. And so what happens if they go through that assessment and it's a, yes, your child has autism, what's the next step? So usually then um, it's, there's, I would make recommendations for probably stuff you're already doing, like OT, speech yeah. therapy, yeah. Um, seeing a psychologist. Um, it's early intervention mm-hmm. yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Um, being careful not to do too much at once though. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I, that's one thing I I find yeah. is that parents are like, okay, we've got to do this, 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 and this, yeah. and the kid is just absolutely overwhelmed. The family is stretched because they're in appointments all the time. Mm. Just focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question in regards to the autism and girls. So Riley mm. tends to mask 
a lot. So mm. in all our medical appointments, things like that, she'll go in and she's this beautiful, good listener. Um, we'll sit there, do the assessments. And then when we had our initial assessment with our OT and speech, they watched her leave, watched us walk out and they said they could see it. As soon as she walked out the door, she was a different person, different girl. And I've started filming, keeping a track of like, I want to call it evidence. I've got like a Riley Dropbox evidence <laughs> file because Every time we go somewhere, they're like, oh, no, she's just so sweet and so innocent and she's really good and all this stuff. But then they don't see that other side where she feels comfortable at home. Obviously, she's in that safe environment. Mm. At school now, she's started to come out of her shell and be her true self, I call it, um, where she's not masking mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so yeah, I'd love your input on that. Is that common? Masking yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very common. Girls are really tricky. Girls yeah. are really tricky mm-hmm. and I see a lot of adolescent girls actually because they've just not been picked up along the way and unfortunately by that stage they end up with diagnosis of personality disorder or other other misdiagnoses because mm-hmm. they didn't get picked up for autism. And, you know, part of that is that we just didn't know. Yeah. We didn't we're know what girls' at... presentation yeah. was. Yeah. It's We're getting better at it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is very different to a boy's uh, presentation of autism. Girls mask very well. Interesting. So well. From a very young yeah, age, I they can do that. it. Yeah. Um, but there are little things to look for. So when we look at autism, there's there's three areas that we look at. So difficulties in communication, difficulties in social interaction, restrictive, repetitive behaviours and sensory um, like tick, processing difficulties. <laughs> Yeah, so girls will do it differently. So they will, yeah, like you said, mask. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've had doctors say, oh, she got my joke and laughed so she doesn't have mm. autism. Mm-hmm. Did she get your yeah. joke though? She just knew she yeah. had to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> just learnt that social cue that that's when you laugh. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Yes, that, that's right. So um, there would be things that was depending on the age um that they would, from a young age, even though they might want to be around people or other kids, they may not know how to play in a reciprocal sort of way. So they're either dominating the play or they're just being guided by the other. And they usually will find, you know, the little mother hen kid at school that just takes them around and does everything, tells them what to do Mm -hmm. and explains everything. Mm -hmm. Or they dominate and take over and tell everyone what they have to do um there's you know they're little cues with communication so they might they might learn to make eye contact and to um smile at people but there would still be difficulties in knowing when we say certain things or when um how to have a how to, conversation how to react back as well how to react to yeah. someone like yes. if you've hurt someone Riley laughs yeah like she hurt someone she laughs and it's like trying to teach her mm. yeah that's common as well that is that they don't understand common as well yeah yeah, yeah. so a, a question not probably not with Riley's age but for some older kids is you know if mm. you I would ask them if you saw mum in the kitchen crying mm-hmm. um, it wasn't anything you did what would you do because they mm. often won't know what to do. They mm. might feel empathy, they might be concerned, but they just don't mm. know what to do. And what they do doesn't fit. So I've had, yeah. you know, yep. go, I'll give them the cat 
because the cat makes me feel better. So I give them the cat, oh, like yeah. rather than knowing yeah. that you would go and give them a yeah. hug or, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so interesting. All right. Yeah. I wanted to, you said something before. So you said that you, you're not big on rewards. Can I ask why? Yeah. So when we use rewards and punishment, what we're actually doing is we're setting up um, external motivation. So we're, we're, contr- we're still controlling a kid's behavior just with rewards and punishment. So when a, a child is learning to, to do something, they're doing it to get the reward or to avoid the punishment. They're not doing it for the reasons we want them to do it. Mm. So we want them to do it because it's the right thing to do or this is they want, you know, this will help them feel good or this helps in this situation, this makes others, you know, that's what we want. That's the ideal goal, not just this constant reward mm. and punishment of this, I have to do this so this happens and, yeah, it's just yeah. not good behaviour yeah, management well, in the long okay. run. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like I said, with little kids, especially with like that toileting stuff, I don't have an issue with like giving some rewards and some praise and you, yay, yeah, you made it. You yeah. know, that's that's okay yeah. because they need something to get them over. But yeah. then afterwards you would kind of go, doesn't that feel better? Don't yeah. you feel good mm-hmm. now that you are you were so brave, you did that, and doesn't that feel great? Um, trying to get it more an internal yeah. sort of motivation rather mm-hmm. than yeah. That I'm bad at that because I think I'm so quick to just use bribery. <laughs> I'm so bad. I think at we it. all are. Yeah, I know. I've got to really, pu- I've got to really pull well, back you know, on that. <laughs> Even with James, I'm like, maybe in the school holidays, I've I'll give you, um, you know, some around the house jobs. You know, give you some stuff to be motivated to do like putting your you know making your bed and things like that but then it always goes back to and if you do that I will you know we'll get a new toy at the end of the school holidays it's like yeah it's yeah it always ends in that you know how do you get them to do the things if you don't give them something (laughs) in return (laughs) well that's when you get them just to see how it feels for themselves and how much you appreciate it and they feel and they're still rewarded it's just for a different thing look I don't know how many years I spent teaching parents about rewards charts and doing all these things which I now cringe yeah. at and think oh I'm cringe, so sorry yeah. I did that um, but that's what we knew that's what we taught you know yes, like we've changed was, now we yeah. realize this is not the best way well, we grew to, up with to that. do it yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so um yeah but look it's like it's great to have kids doing jobs and you you, you don't have to give them a carrot at the end you know do I like, yeah. James would probably enjoy that too <laughs> He likes carrots. Kids actually (laughs) like being felt like they're an important part of the family. Yeah, they do. Yeah, definitely. And and if you're sort of saying, okay, we're all a family. We all have to work together. We all have jobs Mm -hmm. and work out things that they can do. Um, Yeah. And yeah, you know, I I sort of with my kids, there's there's jobs that everybody does because we're a family. That's the only way we function. Everything gets done as if we all have things we do together. If Mm -hmm. they do extra things. They might get something for for that. So if they if they really want some money for something, and they're going to yeah, earn money, yeah. well, that's kind of different because they're coming up with that that they want to earn yeah. money. This is how they can do it. It's a job you get paid for. If it's over and above what and they would normally do, that's real world do, stuff. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. real world. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. next the next yeah. step. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very interesting. Gosh, I'm learning so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. One of our listeners 
and I suppose we both feel the same way, Amy and I, um, love advice on supporting siblings, especially during admissions. So this Mm. lady has um, two boys with CF, have multiple admissions with their two-year-old, which hugely impacts my bigger kids at home. We are still seeing the effects of being separated and the impact of their lives being turned upside down months on. We are being admitted in a week for a tune-up for their eight-year-old and already my middle two girls are upset, acting out in anticipation. Any tips would be really appreciated. So how to juggle the siblings and support them through all of these medical admissions, time away when they feel like they're constantly missing out, the other siblings. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah, like we're so, they 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 miss out, and I, they and always I miss out. Always say no. I worry that yeah, the older kids or the other kids will become almost a little bit jealous and resentful. Or resent, almost. yeah, resentment yeah. as they grow up. Mm. Like because we're always constantly saying no, we can't go to do this. I can't let you go to that party because it's at the play center, and that's like the worst thing. Because if you get something, then Riley's going to get something that is going to go around and around. Because Riley, Riley likes like, the jumping castle. Yeah, mm. like it just. <laughs> It's hard. I feel so bad telling the oldest, like, no, I'm sorry, you can't do that. We can't go do that today. Or, and even just when you're, you've got one kid in hospital, you're you're separated from the other. It can be like I recently was in with Jack for two weeks, and I hardly saw my eldest. Like, it's just, I just worry about the impact that'll have on him. And like, luckily, thankfully, we haven't seen signs of anything significant yet. But I'm just worried about in the future, the long term. Yeah. 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 Look, it, it is tricky. Um, you've got to recognize that you can only do what you can do as well. Like, yes, yeah, we so have to be in the hospital. That's right. Um, but, you know, kids can understand probably more than you think they can. Mm. And as long as their, me- their needs are getting met in some way, they will be mm. okay. But what I would recommend is that you have the conversations. Like say, geez, it must feel like sometimes that you miss out on. Is that what it's like? Tell me what it's like for you. Like I know it's hard for me mm-hmm. as well um, mm. and it can be hard to have a sibling that has to have all of these things. Let me hear what what is this like for you. And if they're feeling heard and they're feeling that you understand mm. and that you're able to you know work together in mm-hmm. a, a way to get their needs met then that's a, that's okay you know that yeah. they will be okay then they know that you're not ignoring them that you're not prioritizing another child over them mm. it's just it's hard but if you yeah. listen to what it's like for them then they feel yeah. like you're there for them as well so yeah. you know if you you say look if they might say, yeah, but I don't get to see you. And you're like, yeah, I know. I miss you too. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. yeah. What can we do? What can we do? Can we FaceTime regularly and have our special time and it's our FaceTime? No one else is allowed. Yeah. It's just us. Or yeah. when I'm back, we'll make sure that we go out, just you and me, and we'll go and do something together so that you're still yeah. having special moments. Like they don't mm-hmm. have to be big moments, but if it's yeah. like it could even be like that regular say goodnight bedtime that's just f- FaceTime but you're still yeah. there for them you've still yeah. got your little your, your routines and your rituals of brown mm-hmm. bedtime or or what it is as mm-hmm. long as they're getting those little things met they'll yeah. be okay yeah is it I don't want to put like boys and girls into a box here but I've just got boys so I can't really and I've just comment got girls. on the girls <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Grecian's just got girls but um 
with my eldest, I try and have those conversations with him. I'll often ask, you know, if he's how he's feeling when Jack's in hospital. Um, and he he'll say he he does sometimes go, I miss you, mum. But that's as deep as I get with him. There's no he. It's almost like he's just nah. I'm having the time of my life at my grandparents, and I guess that's a good thing. I guess it's that does that yeah. mean it's not affecting him, or is it really hard? I find it's really hard to get emotional with my six year old. He's just yeah. You know, when he is on, you know, edge, I try and say, like, what are you feeling right now? Um, what, you know, trying to break it down. And I can't ever, he can't describe to me how he's feeling half the time. Yeah, but how many adults can tell you how they're feeling half the time? Mm, like, they just know yeah. that there's something mm. not right. Um, something, yeah, but what is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you go, okay, I get it. Like, something's not right. Yeah. He can't, doesn't yes, have to I say. It. I often say you have to name feelings, but sometimes you can't yeah, and it's okay to say it's yeah. just, it's you know, just don't feel good it's at the shit. moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, he won't and, say you know, that, but I, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but don't we yeah. say that, you know, like we yeah. do. It's just yeah. everything sucks at the moment. And that's, that's okay. Like you can just relate to him on that level and go, yeah, I get it. Things, yeah. things are really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think if, that, that, I think the reason I felt like that was because it is kind of I'm seeing it a lot on social media at the moment about breaking it down and trying to figure out how how they're feeling and what's causing um you know you say it's an emotional outburst what's causing it and a lot of the time he can't even tell me <laughs> yeah. no and yes yeah and I'll be all for looking behind the behavior trying to work out what's going on but it might be a multiple things that have built up yeah. you know it doesn't have mm. to have been one thing it could be yeah. just there's been every little thing that just didn't go right for a while and just and a lot of it's saying, tiredness gosh, like at hard. the end of school terms yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's end of school term mm. thing is a real thing but yeah just yeah, saying but... oh, gosh gosh things are hard at the moment I get it you know yeah. what can we do yeah how can we make things a bit yeah. better you know if he doesn't want to tell you about what it's like um, when they're in the hospital and, and things like that, you just go, well, you can start saying, because I find it really hard sometimes and I really miss you yeah. At, yeah. at times. So mm. just so he knows that, that he is missed, that he, yeah. <laughs> that he is, yeah. you know, yeah. a well, he, Yeah, we have those conversations and I just think yeah. he's probably coping a lot better than I realise. <laughs> yeah. He probably yeah. is because, you know, staying at grandparents' place is good. Oh, it's yeah. the best. Yeah, he thinks it's the best time ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who's mum? <laughs> yeah. yeah, get yeah. everything I want here. It's yeah. great. <laughs> no, I just keep those little moments, those little connections. Yeah. Yeah, Grecian, you're saying how Adeline's the opposite and she'll tell you how she's feeling a lot more. She will tell us. I, don't, so, I yeah. don't want to put it into a boy and a girl thing, but I just feel like, yeah. Yeah, know, she, just... she will come and say like, yeah, I miss you. I haven't spent time with you this week. Um, can we have some special time together? So like yeah. even last night we just she wanted to watch a movie after everyone else went to bed. So I made that our special time before yeah. she went to bed. So like you were saying, Kristen, trying to just give them those little moments to know that they Absolutely. are still important. And you know They're what? Going still... to bed a little bit later is yeah. is much better having that than worrying about bedtime. You know, like that's really important. Yeah. So making yeah. those just, yeah, little connections. And I have had people that have, uh, it's difficult if you're going to hospital for long periods of time, but having regular little date nights with mm -hmm. like with your kids, yeah, so each one cute, gets to stay yeah. up that little bit later or yeah. and it's just their special time, just so they feel like yeah. they've got their own connection. Yeah. 
All right, I think we've got one more question. This is probably good to follow on from that about siblings. So she says, this is a twin mum. I have two mm. and a half year old twins. One of them is constantly biting and hurting the other one multiple times a day. He struggles to regulate himself. Anytime he thinks he has been treated unfairly, he has to throw something or bite someone until, and until he is throwing that item or bitten them, he won't stop. My question is two part. How can I best redirect him? And the second part is how can I help the other twin? I feel like he thinks I don't protect him because I can't always get there quick enough to intervene. Yeah. What is, who does that sound like to Amy? That sounds like Hannah and Riley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grecian's got twins So I've got well. twins. <laughs> Riley's Riley's a twin. Geez, you've got your hands yeah. full. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that sounds exactly yeah. like what happens. So I love this question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Two. So it's tricky. Like two is a really reactive part of development. Mm. You know, there's no thinking yeah. if I bite them, I'm going to hurt them. It's just, ah, you did it. Um, yeah. So as much as you can, you've got to kind of get in there and go, okay, get your angry, can't bite, like take them out. They're big enough. To, I mean, they're small enough. You can actually pick them up. I know you're not going to be there as quick sometimes and that does make it difficult for the other child. But mm. It's just going to be repetition of, okay, we can't bite. You need to come away. I need to keep you safe. Let's calm. What else can you do? Like give them other things that they can do when they feel that way because they can't think of them themselves. So, mm. yeah, it's hard. They're too, like, <laughs> yeah, and it's I really want to give you, like, these really, good, yeah. these really good answer, but they're too. What about for like, four-and-a-half-year-old tweets? Putting it into practice. I want to know for four-and-a-half-year-old yeah. tweets. Okay, obviously Riley, you can, Riley you can... like doesn't understand. Yeah, but, yeah Riley she's is, got that mm. impulse con- like doesn't have that impulse control. She just kind of she's like that yeah. two year old that just goes and bites because well, she probably is. Whereas Hannah is obviously on par. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Hannah's on yeah. par with her age um and understands a lot more. So it's like four and a half <laughs> and a two year old. Yeah. Yeah, look, as much as all you can really do is keep kind of four-year-olds four a little bit easier because you can problem solve a little bit more with them. So you can go, okay, no, we can't hurt. It When when you bite, that hurts people. I can't let you hurt people. That's not safe. Um, it's okay that you're angry. We can do things when we're angry. When we're angry, what else can we do? And you can come up with plans. And it's not going to happen like that. They're not going to go, oh, yep. I'm angry. I can go and do this. Like, it just takes repetition. Same mm-hmm. as learning to read, same as turning, learning to tie shoes. Like it's not something that mm-hmm. happens instantly. You've got to just repeat, repeat, repeat. And But with a two-year-old, it's the same thing. You've got to just try and get in there, try and remove, help calm. You've got to also keep the other kids safe and help them regulate like twins you got both happening at the same time you would Mm. normally go to the one that's hurt and try and comfort but if they're going to go at that child until Mm. they get then you've got to get them out of the way um so that's it's it's tricky I mm-hmm. wish I had an answer that would just go, yeah, sure, just do this. Yeah, this is the answer. Fine. <laughs> um, but it's it's just development is not like that. It's just yeah. they it won't keep happening forever. But mm-hmm. at the moment, you just got to keep getting in there, to keep saying no, this is not safe. You cannot hit. What we can do is this. Yeah, and starting yeah. that early, like even if they don't fully understand it now, starting that early, then it's going to set up that bit more of a habit for. Like you said, the repetition. Yeah. Um, for, as That's they get right. older. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. With twins, it's like you've got two in that age group that just have, you know, no understanding. Whereas, you know, in my instance, like James, we've talked about this before, Gretchen, James Mm. sort of has that understanding of not retaliating and removing himself. Um, But, yeah, I can't imagine having two that you've got to try and, yeah, I don't know, regulate yeah, and, and keep, and, keep yeah, yeah, exactly. And when they're two, like it is that thinking part of the brain is not developed. They're just in that emotional reactive part of the brain, but you can start. Mm. So when, that's when you kind of help them come, oh, that was really hard. Yeah, you were really upset. I get it. That's it. You didn't like they took the toy. It's really difficult. We can't hit, but what can we do? And you like helping them to to calm and then you're helping them to problem solve and that is developing Mm. this frontal cortex of the brain to help them be able to eventually get there all right I'm going to be like the best mum for the next week (laughs) I'm going to put all of these things into place and actually it like I said when I come onto Instagram and I see your post and I was like oh yes like it's just reminding yourselves like you can't do it right every time Mm. like you were saying it's all well and good to say put these things in place and um it's instantly going to get better it doesn't work like that but just like you said as much as you can reminding yourself and remembering in that moment to give them other other options and other ways and to discuss what they're feeling I think I'm gonna be better at that (laughs) all right I think we're all done okay lovely you're amazing. Yeah, yeah appreciate exactly your time hoped. and yeah, effort, we do. <laughs> like everything. Just taken so much from this. Oh, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad it was helpful. <laughs> do you have Do you have a website or anything where people can find you, or just Instagram where they can follow you? No, I have a website. Tell us where so we can find you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just www.thetherapistparent.com. Um, and I have lots of blogs yep. um, with lots of information there. Yeah, I yeah. went. I went scrolling today. So there's there's lots yeah. of things on there. Um, yeah, and then it's Facebook and Instagram. It's just the therapist parent. Tell us about your book. Uh, so my book is this is where everything yeah. started from. So I I it's a book that helps kids manage nightmares. So it's a technique I've used for a long time Mm -hmm. in therapy. It's quite a simple technique, but it's very effective. So I decided that instead of people coming to see a psychologist, they could do this at home. So I put it in a book. So it's um, teaching kids how to direct their own dreams. So it's called the dream director. So how we can change the ending of our dreams and then feel in control and be able to go back to sleep. Wow. Maybe I need to get my hands on that. Yeah, I need, I need that we, too. <laughs> we didn't get into um, we didn't get into sleep, but um, yeah, I know lots of parents, especially in our community, that whose kids have night terrors, mm. um, wake up screaming. Um, night terrors is a bit different to nightmares. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so night terrors is when they're um, they're not able to get into that REM sleep, but they're dreaming. So they're mm. they're not in a deep sleep, but the your brain actually has to dream so they're like they're awake but they're and they that's different because they're not really uh, awake to be able yeah, to okay. you just have to help calm them and then they go back to sleep and they're yep. okay whereas a nightmare is when they've or just a bad dream you know they've woken up fearful yeah, in that okay. and yep. so then then we can do things yep. to help them calm and actually feel in control of their dreams and we we know that if we help them change the end especially if you make it something funny then they're less likely to to have the nightmare again. All right. 
we'll let you go Kristen thank you so much for joining us thank you and we'll share you all over our social medias and we can't wait to get this into everyone's ears and yeah they're gonna everyone's gonna love this so thank you so much welcome oh my god that episode seriously learned so much like that was just thank you Kristen like (laughs) yeah she was incredible and and I'm just so excited that this episode is finally out there I kind of feel like we've I don't know, like we've really made it with this one. Oh, like yeah. We're true podcasters now. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually really proud of us and this chat and how we interviewed and the like valuable content and the advice that we were able to produce. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, very proud. And like, yeah, like, like you said, every second and minute mm-hmm. of the episode is full of so much knowledge and it's just going to help so many. And oh, yeah, so I'm many proud people. Of us. I think we nailed it high five so did she (laughs) yes we all did and that was so good yeah I'm so grateful she came on yeah obviously we want lots of you to go and give us some love I know so many of you already have um with all the snippets and sneak peeks and Mm -hmm. highlights we've been sharing with you already and of course as always we'd love you to share your feedback on this episode with us yes please And yeah we, we would love for you to share your stories with us your own situations and experiences with this and if you've got any questions for Kristen, send them through to us and I'm sure she'd be happy to help you guys out. Um, otherwise, go and follow her, scroll mm-hmm. through her Instagram feed and you'll probably find your answers there. She just shares so much yep. valuable stuff. Yeah, so really exciting and can't wait to hear what you guys all think. And, yeah, what's next, Grecian? So our next Insta Live will be on Monday the 24th. So keep an eye on socials for the exact time. We are hoping, promising maybe, to get the daylight savings time right this time. (laughs) That was a shitstorm, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, blame me. Yep. Yep, yep, I will for that one. Well, blame blame WA. Yes, blame WA. I did blame WA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we had such a ball, didn't we? We had so many people join us. It was really, I was really chuffed with the amount of people. Even my mum was like, oh my gosh, there was heaps of people like joining in. Yeah, it was really nice. Thanks, mum. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be back live then. So if there's something you guys want us to talk about or have questions, please send them through. Yeah. I actually have some feedback that I wanted to share just from the last few episodes that we've had because we haven't really shared any feedback um, Mm. just quickly um, someone said hey lovely I have just listened to your raw podcast on how to support a friend with their NICU journey and I wanted to say thank you I'm a midwife myself and my sister-in-law will be having her first baby next week prematurely at just 30 weeks your podcast was really helpful as I try to gather resources to give to our friends and family so we can Mm. better support them through this journey Thanks for the work you are doing in supporting women and families through difficulties. I just, Aww. yeah, that made me, made my heart really happy because it just yep. shows the impact that um, talking about these adversities and curveballs, how it actually can help other people support mm-hmm. their friends and family through through them. Um, and that's why it's, you know, our audience is very niche, but I just really want to spread it far and wide to people's support systems so that, you know, it's not, we don't just need to be talking yep. to medical mums. We should be talking to, yeah, everyone can benefit, I think, from what we talk about. Um, another bit of feedback 
Just listened to your latest podcast. Absolutely loving how it gets me through my last two hours of work. <laughs> Love that it's not a typical mum podcast talking about how tired they are or something as I find those really hard to connect with. I can relate so much and honestly not feel like I'm going crazy that this shit is so hard. Mm-hmm. Someone I was actually really sad that it's going to be fortnightly instead of weekly, um, but also said she also yeah. totally gets it. There was a few of those. <laughs> yeah. And lots of you said that you obviously understand and you really admire us both for listening to what we need to do and honouring it, which is a lot about what we we preach on this podcast. So, yeah, we're hopeful, you know, mm. we were just having a chat, Grecian and I, that we might be able to get back to weekly episodes as we lead into Christmas. So um, just giving you mm-hmm. a bit of a heads up there as we have a little bit more time then and just be able to bring some more content. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. Yep. Um, but yeah, end of the episode, let's do what we're going to start doing at the end of every episode. <laughs> that was really awkward. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> no, I'll just leave it. I'm, I'm, I'm night shift drunk. So, <laughs> all right, do you want to go first, Grecian or me? I can do it. All right, something I want to forget so I want to forget the doctors saying and admitting admitting that Riley keeps dropping through the cracks. I'm sick of hearing that now after trying to freaking uh, advocate for her. So I'd like to forget that this week. So shit. Yep. Something I want to do again. I have been enjoying the sunshine and having a weekend together, socializing with our friends today that just get it. Like just understand it's there's so no good. judgment, nothing. Just, Yeah. yeah. So I want to do that again. And Hopefully they relax, want to do that again too. You can too. relax in their company too. Like you don't have to be anxious and highly strung the whole time with yes. people like that. Yeah. Like there's no judgment. They just, yeah. yeah, they just understand. And, you know, you can sometimes go to events and be like so worried the whole time about catching illness or other kids playing yep. and not respecting boundaries or not understanding before. your children. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to bring that up, so I just sort of was scooting around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah. was the day before, but today was wonderful. So it's just so easy when it's with people that mm-hmm. get it. All right, your turn. Yep. Okay, my turn. Something I want to forget. So as part of slowing down, I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but I um, have hired a support coordinator. I will talk more about her in the f- coming episodes. But she sent me a caregiver burden scale. It's a form to fill out to give to the NDIS. And um, the questions on there basically saying, you know, how much does your child impact on your life? (laughs) Um, Ask about your social life, your mental health, Mm. you know, how many times in a day you get frustrated, Um, if you feel supported, how much of the caregiving role you take on. And it was really hard, really hard to fill in that form. Um, I really struggled with it. And I sent it back Mm. to her and I was like, well, that was shit. (laughs) Don't Mm. want to do that ever again. (laughs) And she said, she apologized. She's like, yeah, I know, but you know, we have to do it. So Mm -hmm. that was my little suck for the week. Um, Something I want to do again. This is really, it sounds really petty, and silly, but um, yesterday I woke up after night shift and Scott called me outside and there were cows on our back fence line, like Aww. multiple cows with their calves and Aww. the kids and I just ran up and they were so friendly and they just stood there and we were able to pat them and feed them some grass 
I'm like, this was, this is literally our lifestyle now. And I just, I remember oh, in that I'm moment so just jealous. going, I never want to, <laughs> yeah, ah. I never want to forget this. And I hope these cows come back. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a really special moment, something that Beautiful. I hope happens again and going off on a tangent, but today we went next door to the next door neighbors and they have a pig. A pig, I saw <laughs> An that. An actual pig. An actual big fat pig. <laughs> Like they, you know, they're not heaps close neighbours because we're on land, a bit of land, but they're they're not far away. I'm like, I've never heard your pig. <laughs> How do I never hear that you have a pig? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was funny. And that is all from me. My something I want to do again is probably all going to be house related <laughs> in, the next, in the next few months. That's all. Like, yeah, I'm obsessed. I would be too. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um yeah, we just think you are bloody rock stars. Thanks for listening, as always. Do your thing now as you do. Go and subscribe. Okay, I'm going to say subscribe this time. We say hit five stars and leave reviews, but I'm going to say subscribe. That makes a big difference. If you subscribe, um, you get notified each week when we uh, when an episode drops and it helps with us in moving up the charts as well. So do that if you haven't already share the love, send this to your family, your friends. If you've got someone that you know that has a child with, you know, any of the things we've talked about, any challenging behaviour, sensory issues, Mm -hmm. medical trauma, flick this episode their way because it it. is going to be so valuable. Yeah. Definitely. Look after yourselves, be kind and have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye, guys.